I thought so too. Like I, I, I wasn't sure. Um, I don't know why the fuck. Where am I? Why am I not here? <clears throat> You're a logo. You see the play? Yeah, playing dead logo. Got it. God, that's fucking weird. Where the fuck? Oh, at? in 2001, JT dropped the "In Too Deep" moniker and began releasing solo albums under his own name. Mm. Never broke up. In 2007, they released a DVD with music videos, interviews, and behind-the-scenes footage <laughs> entitled In Too Deep, More Than Money. Wow. Got to look for that. There was one other cut minute. on that record. I like, I'm trying to remember. No, but so, so um, uh, all right, now, now we're ready. Now we're ready. So um, let's just do the whole show about In Too Deep. They died. <laughs> uh, he's dead, the guy. He, oh. died in a mo- he died in a motorcycle accident. One of them, Lofty. Oof. Not, not to be confused with um. I want to see. Oh, they wait. Were, were they in Profile Records? Rest in power. He, yes, they were, and that was pretty impressive. Oh. I so, Comags and In Too Deep, same I, label. I can't think of any. <laughs> I, I, I can't think of a worse way to go than a motorcycle accident. Like, you know, what yeah. I mean, like, I like you can get crushed or like. Uh, you know, any normal car accident, but like a motorcycle, it's like you're you're really just not surviving that, you know? Yeah. And if you do, you're screwed. Like, you know, you're not the same. Yeah. No, you're completely like bent like a like a pretzel. So uh, shout out to them. You know, great to sh- uh, start this uh, hip hop beat show within too deep. Um, so, yo, uh, this is going to be a, a ridiculous list to put together. Um mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about criteria real quick. So this is the Red River podcast. Uh, favorite beats of 1990. Um, today, you know, Joe's back. He's basically our, our, you know, he's our number three. <laughs> and uh, today we have Josh Lefkowitz coming back. I think you were on one or two. Maybe you did one if I rule the world and then this one, right? Correcto. So um, you have like a really interesting story. So like just for anyone that doesn't know, um, basically, you know, for the most part, you spent a, a good portion of, of your youth and 20s trying to get signed to a label, just kind of like become a rapper. And there's a podcast with your life story in it. So just give us like a quick rundown. Um, so that's pretty much it. So, um, yeah, I um, spent from about age 12 to like 30 um, in pursuit of being a rapper, like, a you know, I really, really wanted to sign to a major label. So needless to say, I did it like on a large scale, not just kind of like, you know, let's do some shows and release some indie stuff, which I did. But I, I mean, my goal was to like really go for it. Um, anyway, long story short, I, I decided to stop because it didn't make me happy anymore. And then I had to kind of figure out how to be a, a civilian, uh, so to speak, Um and um yeah like sam said i decided i was gonna write a book um without really ever reading any of them um or having any 
formal writing training. Uh, I figured it out. It took me like 10 years off and on. And then um, I decided that rather than try to get it published, which I tried to get it published too, but then, you know, all the literary agents were telling me that you kind of have to be like a Kardashian in order for a publishing house to publish your book, despite the fact that a lot of them had, you know, positive things to say. So I recorded it as um, like an audio book. And rather than just have it be just my voice, um, it was my voice, but I also did it kind of like a mixtape. So um, I scored the entire thing with um, instrumentals. So it plays like a mixtape and um, like whoever I'm talking to, you know, maybe their instrumentals playing or whatever year I'm talking about, there's an instrumental playing from that year. And, um, you know, so again, it kind of like makes it a little bit more, um, I don't know, um, digestible. Uh, because yeah. you're all you're ultimately listening to a mixtape, but there's also my story over it. And it's just kind of, again, like starting from little when I first discovered hip hop all the way through all the stuff we tried to do and moving to New York and starting an independent label and shooting videos and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, meeting with majors, and everything that I went through for the most part, and then kind of going, man, this sucks. Uh, what do I do now? And uh, that's where I ended off. So it is out now. Um, it's been out for, I guess, a couple of years now. You can find it on SoundCloud and you can find it on Spotify on Apple podcasts. It's yeah. probably on Spotify. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. I sent Joe. I sent Joe and Brian the link because they would really appreciate the story. Like like at first, like, you know, you think to yourself, well, I don't know, Josh. I didn't know right. who what's his name was. But then you listen to the story and you're like, oh, this is really well done. I mean, your, your relationships with Big Daddy Kane alone, just those stories were great. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you you kind of linked up with Fonte or like the little brother guys. So that was always- we, we came up together. Yeah. I mean, same circles. And, you know, they weren't from my hometown specifically, but as a group, they were from my hometown. They met in yeah. Durham, which is where I'm from. And where Big Daddy Kane lived, he lives in Raleigh now, which is like right next door. Um, I should also mention that it's called "Why You'll Never Be a Rapper." Yes, it's that's a great title. Um, I didn't even say that. Imagine, imagine we ended and people are like, "Well, wow, he talked about this podcast and never actually <laughs> said the title." Of it. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's in the correct order on Spotify, but certainly on um, on uh, SoundCloud and and Apple Podcasts. I hope it's in the right order. Well, that was the, like a wacky thing. Too. The, like the beauty. The, the beauty about most people is they could count one through 26. So as long as they hit the right number one, two, three, four, five, they could definitely figure it out because it, well, it is, it is a way wacky... you're hosting this thing. I know <laughs> Well, I'm doing <laughs> what, 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 what I'm doing. I'm doing the flip version of that. Why you'll, why you'll never be a, a rock star. Remember <laughs> that today. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to put it out on my uh, non-existent, um, audio book publishing label on, that I just made up just now on who give who gives a shit records. <laughs> um, so yeah. let's, let's, let's talk criteria here. Um, and basically I was just talking to Josh just to show you how overqualified he is to be in on this show. So, uh, <laughs> even though he hate, he hates underground hip hop, but we'll get to that. So <laughs> me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yo, check out Crime Apple. You're like, I don't like his name. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I get, I get listened to his name. I'm like, oh, that's right. So, um, so yeah, let's talk criteria because when I mentioned it to you 
Josh, we'll start with you. Like what, when you pick these beats, how did you come to, to, to basically the ones that you picked? Um, that's a good question because I started out one way and as I'm sure you all could appreciate, I ended another way. So I tried to leave out things that were just like my favorites. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, um, as you can imagine, I thought about hip hop music and beats more than most people did in the nineties. So these were the beats that for me were just always there. It's like when I hear the beats to this day, I'm like transported back into exactly what I felt like in the nineties, which is very hard because there's at least a thousand more than what's on my list. But I just got to a point where I said, you know, these are the ones for me. These are like quintessential nineties um, hip hop beats that had an impact, not like super underground, not just like the song that I happen to be into or the song that me and my friends used to drink 40s to. It was nothing like that. It was like, these are the quintessential ones. And I think a lot of them are really right. And I think some are not right at all. Okay. <laughs> um, Joe, how did, <laughs> how, how'd you hit this, this list this time around? Um, well, Josh mentioned something about how they made you feel at a certain point in your life. That's a big thing with a lot of music heads where uh, just the mere mention of a lyric or a song or, you know, it could take you back to what you were doing in, you know, 1993 or something. So that was definitely a part of my criteria. Um, I also, full disclosure, and I was telling you, Sam, I had a list to try this project out is to, to build the list and it got way too big, which I knew would happen. Um, so like my apologies to the, the songs that didn't make the top 10 or the 10 honorable mentions. I love you all. There's just way too many. I think Josh said this is way too many good beats from this era. Yeah. I want to like get ahead of the controversy in case you yeah. make your list. You and to- all, yeah. And as you remember from the power ballads, podcast from a couple of years ago I'm, I'm a stickler for like when it was released so i was actually pretty relieved that like songs like oh no by farrell munch yeah steph was 2000 yep <laughs> you know uh sure, sure like 2000 the 2010 list is gonna be like all 2000 2001 records so yeah the shit that was in 90s <laughs> i was I'm sorry I was, yeah i was disappointed that like um give it here by jeff jeff was 1989 because it wouldn't make my <laughs> list you know I'm a stickler for just like the, the, the confines of the, the decade. So, um, and I think just like Josh said, I think these are, these are definitely like faves of mine that I admitted so many others, but I can't go wrong with the ones that I selected that are going to be mentioned here. Okay. But um, it wasn't easy. I'll tell you that much. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's definitely the common theme for all of us. Cause it's just, it's, it's a ridiculous list to put together. Uh, so Langan, like, how did you come to this list? Mr. Um, Yo, Mr. Cancun just came home from Mexico, rocking that that Cancun swag. Yeah, man, you know, <laughs> um, basically, as far as production, like we talked about this on the way to the Anthrax show. Yeah. It was like if, if I could play the, the instrumental like and equally love it back then and now and just yeah. take the lyrics off of it and just stands on its own as a piece of music that kind of put it high on the list like um but it, it, you know it's an impossible list to, to narrow it down but basically that's my criteria if it stands the test of time fully like it 
play it without the lyrics. And um, yeah, that's that's yeah. Uh, for, what for, I came up with. So for me, basically, it was just uh, a matter of like uh, I had to take hooks out of it, you know, like I because like sometimes you listen to a song, you're like, oh, it's such a great song. Like I, I sent uh, Josh today, Paperboy Diddy. Like oh, when shit. you hear, right? You hear that, you're like, oh my God, what a <laughs> great fucking song. Is. But like, yeah. I think like the beat is cool, but I think it's also what he's saying on the hook. So it's like, mm. does that really mm-hmm. count? You know what I mean? So, um, but listen, at the end of the day, it's a very hard list to make. It's, it's, it's really like my honorable mentions are things that I crammed in. My top 10 are just things like beats that I heard that to mm-hmm. this day, when I hear them, they're like, oh my God, these are still fucking just devastating beats. And I tried to go in my head from like the time that I heard them that I'm like, wow, this is just like to this, to this day, like if a DJ plays it, it's, it's just like mind blowing to me. So um, let, let's rattle off our, our honorable mentions real quick. So Josh, you're, you're the, the guest here. Just give me like 10 honorable mentions real quick. That's you. Um, can I ask you a question? Are you guys hearing freezing up a lot or is that just me? I think it's uh, you. Okay, so let me try to like switch positions. You can edit this all out, or you can leave it in for, uh, you know, <laughs> behind the scenes. We want to show I'm people getting... how the sausages are made. That's it. <laughs> now I'm getting a lot of freezing, so I just want to make sure that it's, uh, you know, I'm I'm present. That's you, all man. Right. You, you got to pay those bills. I, tell you, I tried to spread out the artists too. I forgot to mention that. Yep. I tried to spread out which artists I picked in here to not overdo it, but man, Primo was so unescapable. Right. I know. It's like, oh my god, he made that. He made that. He made that. Whatever. We, we could have done. We, we could have done ten, ten. We could have done ten primo tracks. That's for oh, sure. for sure. easily, easily. Yeah. I I made sure that like, I sat back and looked at the list. That like every producer that you would spit out was on this list somewhere. Yeah. Like primo, Pete Rock, you know, whatever. I don't want to mess it up. All right. Anyway, so honorable mentions. Sure. Some, some, some. All right. Honorable mentions in no particular order. Ready? Uh, Stakes is high. Uh, produced by Dilla, then known as JD. Uh, 93 till infinity, Souls of Mischief. Um, I learned today, produced by A plus of Souls of Mischief. Um, MCs act like they don't know. KRS One, that's primo. Um, here I'm going to break the rules and make my own rules because I'm doing a slash. How many MCs and I got Jopin Remix, uh, Black Moon, produced by the Beat Miners. Uh, scenario and Scenario Remix, go fuck yourself. I'm breaking the rules again. <laughs> Both of those were uh, produced by a Tribe Called Quest, which I think just means Q-Tip and, and Ali Shahid. Um, put your hands where my eyes can see. Buster Rhymes, produced by Buddha. Not super familiar with Buddha. Flavor of the Month by Black Sheep. That beat is incredible. Anyway, uh, produced by the group Super Thug because I'm obsessed with the Neptunes. That's Nori. Um, Who shot you? Biggie because I couldn't just not have a Biggie song on there. Uh, Nice Merrick and uh, Lucini. Yeah, Hello, which I Hell guarantee yeah. no one's mm. got that on there. Nah, I it would. Yeah, I'm one. so mad I didn't. Now, but yeah. shout outs to my man Ski Beats. North Carolina. He's very, very much so in my story. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah that's Modern a good religion. one. Yeah, the yeah. whole Camp Low record is so yeah, that, unslept on. That album on. is incredible, and if we have time later, I'll tell you how I first heard it. 
Well, actually, it's not that interesting. But anyway. No, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll do that. We'll, <laughs> no, we'll do that. That's it. Um, okay, so, Joe, give me your 10 honorables. So, uh, many of the the honorable mentions that Josh uh, had mentioned uh, wound up on my 50, like, you know, you got to pick from this list. So, quality already. You can just, you know. But we're in the 90s, so we all know we all know that they're going to be good. Um, okay, so this is in no particular order either. And since Josh, I'm glad he did the cheat code with like scenario, scenario remix. <laughs> two, two entries, two entries is one selection. That's perfect because uh, this first one's a cheat code. It's Ice Cube's jacket for beats. Yes. Kill at will. Yeah. Uh, Sir Jinx and Chili Chill. And I'm just gonna I I listed down the 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 beats that they jack because they're all '90s good stuff. It's funky. Pre- uh, well, there's a bunch of J- James Brown samples like Funky President, Payback, and Funky Drummer. But he jacks D Nice. Uh, call me D Nice. What you Sam by M- EPMD, Humpty Dance by Digital Underground, uh, Welcome to the Terror Dome by Public Enemy, uh, Heed the Word of the Brother by X Clan, and Big Old Butt by LL Cool J. So that's like I picked out six in one song. So. That's a fantastic cheat code. I must cheat say. code. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> um, that's so a I'm great just, song. Love. Kill that might well. be the best one ever. That's <laughs> the best cheat code I've ever heard. <laughs> um, continuing on the next nine are just, you know, in the random order, uh, public enemy. By the time I get to Arizona mm, uh, from 92, it's a uh, bomb squad. You know, it samples the mandrel song, which is ridiculous. And then some Jackson five in there. That's part of my criteria too. Was like how they use the samples, like digging in the crates and like finding these things that become part of hip hop, like canon. But finding out where they came from in the records, you know, the crates and all that stuff. That was kind of like pretty cool. The beauty, me. the beauty of sampling for sure. That yeah, this is the era. Yeah, um, Foxy Brown, Jay Z, um, I'll be from '96. Uh, Il Nana, oh. that's Track Masters. Um, that's Renee and Angela song. I'll be good which is awesome. It's just a straight lift almost. Uh, Farrell Monch, Simon Says, mm. um, that's 99. Yeah. Uh, the Godzilla song, right? That's amazing. If you just ever like YouTube, the Godzilla song. Um, Dream Warriors from Canada, 1991. My definition of a boombastic jazz style. Now, I had never really heard of these guys, but um, my friend who DJed a hip hop show at University of Alabama in the early 90s turned me on to them and, and their first record was really good. Um, and now the legacy begins, but they use the uh, Quincy Quincy Jones Bossa Nova, which was used by Austin Powers movies, like six years later, so they're pretty <laughs> ahead of the curve there. Um, Janet Jackson featuring Heavy D, um, All Right. Oh man, remix from yeah. Rhythm Nation. Wow. Man, Jam Jam and Lewis. Um, <laughs> and in my opinion, like I love Heavy D. This is one of the tightest raps on record that he's done. He's if you go back and listen to it, he's he's just spinning. Yeah. Um. You he know, one of his with Janet Jackson. I know. Yeah. <laughs> one of his best performances on the mic um, on All Right. Um, Bell Biv DeVoe, Do Me, the mentally hip hop mix from 1990. That's a uh, Wolf and Epic. Uh, not the video, uh, not the song that everyone knew at first, but the video Summertime 1990 remix that MTV and BET played to death. That was a completely different song almost. Um, and one of the cool little trivias about this one is... Um, Wolf and Epic, Wolf um, went on to become the front man for Crazy Town, you know, Butterfly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool um, that he's wow. working with new, new Edition and Johnny Gill and, and well, Rob Tresvant. You, you know, what's funny about Crazy Town is 
listening to enough podcasts, like those guys were legitimately intertwined with some like heavyweights, like like the whole soul assassins, mm-hmm. the whole fucking like evidence and fucking like, you know, it's uh, alchemist crew. Like those guys were all intertwined with them. And they just happened to make, you know, terrible music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple more. So uh, OC times up. Yes. Uh, from 1994. Um, that's digging in the crate sky. Um, yeah. You know, with like Big Al and Lord Finesse. Um, uh, SWV featuring Wu-Tang Clan, the, the Anything old school remix from the Above the Rim soundtrack. Because the SWV original version on the cassette that you bought, were like, oh, this is okay. Then they did the cash grab and remixed it with the Wu-Tang and they got You God and, you know, Method and, and, and ODB on there. You're like, I got to have this. <laughs> I'm spending right. more money on this, on this yeah. thing. <laughs> um, you know, and then uh, the last one is um, Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg, still DRE from 1999. Mm. Um, Ghost written by Jay-Z. It just has that L.A. feel, you know, um, like they dropped it in the movie Training Day. You know, like that makes perfect sense. You know, mm. I mean, they're using that. So that's my I, ten uh, honorables. I was at a barbecue on Sunday and uh, maybe Saturday, I'm saying, uh, and they played that. And it just like sometimes you forget and then you hear it and you're like, man, I'm like, this is still a banger. Still a banger. Oh, yeah. Is unbelievable. Right. You know, um, Langan, give me your 10. All right. Yeah, I'll wrap through this quick because uh, probably these are going to get mentioned by other people later or whatever. You know the deals. But I got uh, Souls of Mischief, 93 to Infinity, uh, De La Soul, Break, Break of Dawn from Balloony Mind State, uh, Outcast, the artist storytelling. Uh, I love that whole album. Oh, that's, hard for that's me a, to pick that, from. That's a good one. That's a yeah. Good one. That whole album is amazing to me, yes. but that song in particular just flows. It's beautiful. That whole there's a great documentary on that Dungeon Crow. I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I'll have to pull that up later. But uh, Mean Source, Fake in the Funk. Um, to ch- I got your open remix, which was mentioned before the B minus uh, remix. Uh, these ones just missed. Got Dr. Dre and Snoop, Deep Cover, uh, Common and Sadat, 1999 from uh, that book um, is Sound Bombing, which is one of the best compilations ever in my book. Uh, Capone and Noriega, Invincible, produced by Premier. Uh, I love the sample on that song. It's like a Motown y kind of feel from the uh, Jimmy and Bella track, 1972. Uh, how I Could Just Kill a Man. Just didn't make it. And Gangstar Mass Appeal, just didn't make it Perfect. by a cunt here. But, <laughs> you know, got to uh, break some eggs to make an omelet. Perfect. So um, I'm going to do mine real quick here. Uh, we started the show with them. Uh, man, listen, NTD, Back to the Hotel, One Hit Wonders, if you ask me. But this song always I don't know what it is, man. Like just like that snare hit was so slappy. Mm. And then the horns, Uh, their flows were great. And I feel like a lot of people lifted that sample. Um, You know, you could say whatever you want about like what they did afterwards, which wasn't really much. But back to the hotel certified banger for sure. It's the essence. When I hear it, I, I get flown right back um i still can't get over they're not white though i'm not <laughs> well listen <laughs> that was weird according to google so and google also said that uh trump lost so you know i'm already questioning <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> stop the steal and, and stop calling in too deep uh, Hispanic. <laughs> Uh, number two, a very, very underappreciated um, as far as like actual hip hop. I think Beastie Boys Intergalactic is oh. a really fucking like the beats on that song are fantastic. And then they do the drop, you know, where where like, first of all, they, they, they you know, the, the far side drop comes in, you know, and then it just like. That, that that fucking heavy bass like that's one thing about them they were not the most gifted mcs but i don't think they were trying to be but as far as their music and production went it was just fucking on point uh number three is a song that no matter what happens when you're out somewhere and you hear shimmy shimmy Yaw by fucking odb mm-hmm. it's fucking amazing anytime i'm by the piano i do two things i play home sweet home by uh motley crew and then i'll go right that fucking bass kicks in uh and uh, so no particular order but i'll just say number four so uh, uh dead presidents jay-z fuck oh. i love it i got good for like, you sam good for it's you. it's <laughs> thank you i know that's your favorite rapper so. that was that was on my top 10 and i took it off today because it didn't feel right also wow really Yes, we'll get to that later. Okay. That was on my top 10, though, but I love it once again. So uh, Souls of Mischief, 93 Tool Infinity. Um, I remember being super young and hanging out with my friend Brian, and we were hanging out in my house, and that shit dropped on MTV, and it was just, like, mesmerizing. Absolutely mesmerizing. That first Souls of Mischief record doesn't have a bad fucking song on it. I picked that beat in particular. It was either that or anything can happen, which is another good one. So Grave Diggers, Two Cups of Blood. Mm. Two Cups of Blood, it was sinister. And it had that fucking like that thing where they like roll back the record and it like makes like a rewind rewind sound and very dark. Seven is probably something everyone has in their top 10. I just threw it here. Uh, a Nas, New York State of Mind. Primo. Mm. Primo. Wow. Yeah. I'm shocked with you. Yeah, you listen, it's just it's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What can I say right now? Of course. Uh, no, uh, We're all superstars here. Yeah. Well, they're all superstars. So uh, so my last three. OK, uh, I'm going to throw the Beastie Boys in there again. Pass the mic. I think pass the mic is fucking brutal, brutal. Check your head has tons of great beats. Pass your mic is just a devastating fucking like it's just so good. Um, Daytona 500, Ooh. Ghostface Killer, like it's just so like good. that. That didn't, 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 yo, that f- fucking killer, like that is just like, goddamn man, that fucking beat. And you know what's funny? I hate when people sing hooks. Don't like it. <laughs> That's the only thing I would take away about that, <laughs> you know. But it, as far as like the sample and like the way it cut, it's amazing. And my last honorable mention is a fucking funny one, but I will say it's fucking beautifully written and sampled PM Dawn set adrift on memory bliss. Let me, let me stop you right there. Yeah. That album is incredible. Incredible. I know. Incredible. If you go back and listen to it to this day, you will not believe how good that album is myself. And also uh, my former DJ slash friend since God knows whatever, who's currently on tour DJing with kid and play. Nice. Um, he, he and I are like the only two people I know that like that album. 
So we had on Christian James hand and he was really good friends with them. And he like, just like, once again, we talked about that album with him because he was friends uh, with them. And then he moved on to grave diggers. So he, Oh, wow. <laughs> fucking like, <laughs> he, like he told us a story on the podcast about one time when like RZA didn't make it to a show and they were like, okay, you do RZA's parts. And it's like this like tall white dude. And he was like, all right, that's fine. And he did it. That's amazing. So, uh, all right, let's do that's it, man. So those are the honorable mentions. I think they like, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of these picks. So let's get into it, man. Let, let's do number 10 right now, Josh. Um, this was on someone's uh, honorable mention, but I, I decided um, I think the movie is Juice is what has us playing in my head. But uh, how I could just kill a man. Cypress yeah. Hill. Yep. Yep. It's um, it's it's used in a scene where uh, Q is running from Bishop and he's in an elevator with a gun. And then when the, the elevator opens, they go into a house party and there it is. Boom. Yeah. How I could just kill a man. Right. Yep. And in the Cypress Hill documentary that just hit um, Showtime, they talked about how big that was for them because they were an unknown group and they used that in the movie for like what they said, maybe like a minute. Like it was a long scene where they yeah. played that fucking song. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, that re that record, that song in particular, I think that was the first thing. Well, maybe it was the first single first video I remember seeing. And it's just fucking like life changing for sure. I was in the theater. I watched that in the theater. And um, when that scene opened, everyone in the place who knew just said, oh, you know, they lost it. Because how could this be this, this underground song that you're only doing the tape trades and stuff is yeah. on the freaking movie that you just paid to see, you know? How many uh, how many uh, bullets did you waste that night and uh, when they played that song? <laughs> <laughs> I was double fisted. You were double fisted. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Joe, give me your number 10. Before I do, though, I want to go back to the honorable mentions because sure. I know Souls of Mischief made it, I think, either twice all, or I, all three I, times. I think, I think all of us. I was going to yeah. say that. Um, and it was on my, also, you know, I apologize. They didn't, they, yeah. you know, but a little trivia for any sports fans or, you know, Queensbridge fans. Go Yankees. Um, no, Queensbridge fans. Uh, <laughs> he's trolling. Um, the reason why Ron Artest, a.k.a. Meta World Peace, uh, wore number 93 when he played the Sacramento Kings. Wow. Is because wow. of that song. Damn. Yeah. Man. I had no idea. Yeah, that's, he's he's on that record either. as saying that. Yeah. That's Man. Dropping, yeah. dropping jewels over here. Oh, yeah. I, well, so... I was talking to Josh before the show, and um, so I'm a St. John's guy, like he's a Duke guy, and I follow all the guys and know what they're up to. And so Ron is, uh, you know, he's known for a lot of things, but not a lot of people know that he wore 93 in Sacramento because of Souls of Mischief. So there's your wow. trivia to take home. Nice. And the second thing was, um, he had mentioned, Josh mentioned that his friend was on tour with Kid and Play. Um, and I DJ did have, Bro Rab shouts to him. I didn't even say his name. Go ahead. Nice. Uh, Kid and Play. <laughs> yeah. DJ Bro Rab. Um, I had Kid in Plays, I Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody from yeah. House Party 2 on my also, you know, just, just missed it. Um, and Kid used to turn up at St. John's Games back in 1988 before they were really big, when they only had like two hype. Um, so there's a little, I'm bringing the, you know, some yes. flavor to the past comments. So hell but yeah, number, yeah. number 10 uh, is Gangstar. It's Mass Appeal. I think it made your honorable mentions. Yeah. But um, yeah, Premier uh, from Hard Can't to Earn. And 
the cool thing that I did learn, you know, once upon a time is that that riff that's just constant throughout the song is like this three second lick. Yeah. From a jazz tune called Horizon Drive. So like like Premiere just like decided to take that little thing and make it the song, this legendary yeah. gangstar song, you know? Um, so yeah, that's my number 10. No, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. three it's, seconds. <laughs> it's it's amazing the minimalist, like because there's really cool stuff that you could do, like the you throw the kitchen sink, like Souls of Mischief. 93 till infinity and then you could do something like mass appeal where it's just so laid back and it just works so well with guru's voice so uh langdon <laughs> Langdon, number four uh, number uh, my number 10 is uh the a cold world Ooh, um i i love the production on this the strings on this um it's very cinematic and not that we're talking lyrics in here, but they, they do mesh so well with the music. They really paint a picture, like an eerie picture of street life, and, and the music just complements it. It's completely cinematic. It's, uh, it's like they're scoring a movie in my head. Um, and it got little clips of Stevie Wonder, dramatics, all kinds of little things. I like one of my favorite things about doing these lists is, uh, is going that who samples who website and pulling up. Like, I, got, I got like a, Spotify playlist of just the original cuts of all my favorite samples and shit. Cause so there's some great jazz tracks, funk tracks and stuff that slipped through the cracks. But um, yeah, that's what is my favorite solo Wu Tang record, Jizz's, Jizz's record and that track. Cause Jizz and Jack are my like smartest motherfuckers in the clan <laughs> as far as lyrical content. But anyway, that's lyrics. Cool. That's my 10. Number 10. Yeah, we, we got to do a, a best lyric soon then. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> we'll have to make like 50. <laughs> so uh, my number 10, I went a little bit on, on left field here. And uh, I went with Company Flow, The Fire in Which You Burn. Nice. I think you were oh. just trying to troll me with that one, to be honest with you. No, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let me see. Can you hear this? <laughs> you come out? No, right? You guys hear that? Can you hear that? Anyway, it's really cool. So it's it's okay. So everyone knows LP now from Run the Jewels, obviously. But uh, before he was in Run the Jewels, he was in this group that was like really, you know, they were almost like the Fugazi of hip hop. Like they were just kind of like really down and NYC like underground type shit. And they put out this record called Fun Crusher Plus. And this record, The Fire in Which You Burn, is just like, the beat is just like really fucking cool, man. And uh, the MCs on it are great. And uh, LP says, even uh, even when I say nothing, it's a, be- a beautiful use of negative space. And uh, once, mm. he's, once he said that, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I don't know who these guys are, but I'm in. So, but the beat, the beat hits hard. So that's my number 10. Uh, Josh, number oh, nine. Nice. Number nine, the world is yours. Nas, produced by Pete Rock. Are oh, you trolling me? I don't know. What's the troll? Underground <laughs> rapper is what. What's your, what's your source? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's the shit right there, man. You can't go wrong with any of those Illmatic songs, really. You know, so it's hard to pick one, but uh, that was Ugh. for me. That was the one. That was actually my uh. My senior quote in high school. 
Nice. Whose world is this? It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. That's it. <laughs> Shout out to why you'll never be a rapper. Um, number nine, right? I'm forgetting. Yeah, we're on nine. I'm forgetting how to count here. So, all right. So we we're going from Nas Illmatic to where are we going, Joe? We're staying with Nas Illmatic. Wow. And I do have New York State of Mind did make my top ten. So good, uh, Primo. You know, um, and again with Primo, that little piano riff is literally another three seconds on a song called "Mind Rain" by Joe Chambers, some jazz pianist, mm-hmm. that he just turned into this like epic, legendary hip hop song. And like, like Langan said on who sampled, you can go check it out and listen to it. It's like three seconds long. Three seconds long, the thing that he, that Primo samples, but you can't go wrong with, like you said, anything from Illmatic. Um, you know, '94 he was came out of nowhere. You know, he was on like Search's record and Main Source's record, but then he was now he was everywhere after this one. So, um, anything from Illmatic is should be top ten. But you don't pick one, and you don't want to, you know, you want to give other people some love too. But yeah, I yeah. state of mind. And I think like when you really like people say paints a picture and it always sounds cliche when someone talks about it, but you listen to that fucking song and you're like, Holy shit. It really is like this, like picture that you could like, it's insane. Like it's a song that to this day I put on and I never get tired of. Like I never, I never say skip New York state of mind. It's one of the best album openers too, just in that sense to kick an album off of like what what you get, what you're going to experience on this. Why are you going to shit on the Genesis? It's grimy. How are you going to show? I don't, right. count, I don't count intros, outros, and skits. You can all fucking <laughs> fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Illmatic, Langan, where are we going? Uh, Tribe Called Quest, uh, jazz. We got jazz uh, from uh, Low End Theory. Yeah. Uh, heavily samples Jimmy McGriff's Green Dolphin Street. It's um, it's not like like we're mentioning like when Primo is taking like these little pieces of songs and then there's some songs that liberally sample, you know, a piece of music and stuff, but uh, which would this be in this case. But th- this song is such a like a blueprint for tribe sound to me, like in a nutshell, if I was going to like introduce somebody to it, like the incorporation of jazz with hip hop, which was like they were the champions of because it made so much sense of, of taking a music that was so important in black culture at one time period, morphing it into that. And I think this album, I mean, this song, there was this and vibes and stuff. There's like back and forth with those two. Cause they both, I could so say good. the same thing about either one, but um, yeah, that's my number nine. Fun yeah, we- fact. Uh, fun fact. They did shoot parts to that video in my hometown of Astoria, Queens. Oh, um, there was a video for this song? Yeah. It, yeah, was, it, was, it, was, it was a It combined. ended with bugging out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. My and, bad. Um, there's, <laughs> yeah. But for the jazz portion of it, they're in Astoria Park, and you can see the Triborough Bridge, which now it's called the RFK. Um, and that's where I grew up. I grew up right under that bridge. So oh. th- those of us in my neighborhood who did like rap, we were like, well, did you see that? They they were in town. Like, how do we miss that? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you look hard, we could see you looking out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
that song is definitely like when you think of like the blueprint for like just one of the greatest pieces of music ever. I love like the the sampling of it. Cool. But I, I feel like they really fucked with the EQ and like the production of it because it sounds so big and I, it's so good. I love that song. A great lot. song. Yeah, yeah. Great choice. Um, So my number nine is they want effects. Uh, Dallas Effects. Oh, that's so good. So Dead Serious, uh, produced by Dallas Effects, which I don't believe. I'm sure there's other people involved, but you know, shout out to them. Um, I have a fun fact about that one. That's in go, my yeah, podcast. That's where I got my rap name from. That song. Oh, which? Uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me again. I, I, I thought so. I was listening to it. I was trying. Believe it or not, I was in Israel, which makes the story crazier. But uh, I was trying to pick a rap name. I was like. 15 at the time and i was listening to they want effects yeah and that was this was like kwame you know one of the big boys as one word era and i was listening to the you know and i thought what he said was they call me what's his name and raps my game and i was like, yes that's my name oh there he you doesn't go. actually say that but it doesn't matter <laughs> no but when you, when you when you just said it now i'm like yeah like i yeah it makes sense that's because great. I, like no one ever. I was always in groups, and no one ever knew what my name was because it was it was always a white rapper and a black DJ, or a white rapper and a black partner and a black DJ. So I was always just like the rapping white boy because yeah. I'm from Durham, <laughs> North Carolina. Let me add. So I'm not from Queens. Um, <laughs> you got you so got like, you got New York roots though. New York roots, but uh, yeah, that's where I got my name from. They want effects, and that's not uh, on my list. So. That's fucking Very great. Cool. Very uh, I just remember, you know, once again, man, just being super young and seeing it on MTV and just like that sample was so good. Uh, so they're hanging good. out in like the sewer, which was like extra cool. Uh, Straight from he, the sewer. Yeah. He rocked that fucking Band-Aid before Nelly did. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, wow. it, it was just like the flows were so yeah, it was just great, man. I mean, like you hear that. It's just that beat, though, man. Like it's just like. I mean, James Brown heavy for sure. You know, um, I think it's who didn't. Right. Um, didn't. Every track's got James Brown on it. Yeah, I know. So you were you were in in Jerusalem, too, and you found your rap name. That's great. I was in Jerusalem (laughs) by myself looking out like I could hear like the Muslim call (laughs) to prayer. I swear to God, it was very (laughs) surreal, this whole thing. I was like trying to like I was trying to like send you guys a link through email. And of course, I have you guys saved and I'm like trying to remember fucking Josh's email because it's like, what's his name? But it's like, you, you know, the spelling has to be just right. It's like that's N- my professional email that I use for work. Is it? Oh, it's no. just like- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, that's that's killer shit. 1992 in the house. They want effects. Uh, Josh, give me your number eight. Number eight. Uh, everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, yeah. dollar bill, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's essential 90s era rap beat. That beat just never goes away and it never gets old. And I had to put Wu-Tang on there. It just wouldn't be right if there wasn't a Wu-Tang song. And, so, so when you're down there in Durham, like what was In that? Jerusalem. In Jer- <laughs> when you're down there in Jerusalem... <laughs> But like how uh how like what year did you hear of Wu Tang? Um ninety it was either ninety two or ninety three, but um DJ Brorab, my my DJ, like I said, I mean he started his DJ career 
as my DJ. He literally one day at basketball camp was just like, I could be your DJ. And I was like, do you DJ? And he was like, well, no, but like, I'll become one. And I was like, okay. And now he's like an actual DJ. Like he's yeah. a 46 year old man. And like, like an, another job like he tours with kid and play now that's good it, it's amazing yeah so um yeah he he started you know heavy djing a couple of years prior to that and um he was getting um like serviced he was in like record pools and stuff and he got the um i guess protect your neck white label and uh you know i remember more than anything like obviously the song grabbed me um but uh you know, on top of that, the name grabbed me too because you know I'm a pretty analytical guy when it comes to like music, and I remember like Wu Tang Clan, and I had no like knowledge of um, like Kung Fu flicks. Yeah. I'm like their their name rhymes with Poo Tang. Like I don't understand. <laughs> like I thought it was a job. I was like this is a terrible name. Yeah. Like I I thought that it was like a you know you were quite you, you were. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That's not really too far off, to be honest with you, when you see it. But I mean, when you see the imagery, you didn't think anything about them culturally, uh, culturally appropriating uh, Asian culture. <laughs> like, oh, cool. I didn't get the, the link, but I mean, for sure, it was, you know, protect your neck. And then I feel like that song was just kind of like underground bubbling, college radio, mix shows. And then it just kind of exploded. Like yeah. the next thing I knew, like, you know, Method Man. And I was like, oh, oh my God, this is like the biggest thing ever. And then oh, yeah. you know, the rest is history. Good one. Uh, Joe, give me your number eight. Do an eight. Before uh, I give you number eight, just uh, to follow up on Josh's uh, cash rules, everything around me. In my previous um, honorable mentions, I did have the, SD, the SWV song, uh, Anything, which when the Wu guys do their guest verse, there is cream also. They, they, uh -huh. they rap over cream. Oh. So it's kind of in there for me too, but mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, remember, yeah. Uh, but we'll to enter the 30s. I mean, that was just a great, how could you go wrong with anything on that's like automatic, like, like right. front, to, front to back. Um, number eight is, uh, is Tupac's Hail Mary Ooh. 1997 um, from Don Caluminati. Obviously it got a lot of, I mean, I guess it was around the time. I don't know if he was the, the, the release of it plus when he was killed, but that song is just so like it's another thought. It's not death row really, but um, the guy who made the beat was like a death row artist. Um, yeah, the outlaws are on it, and it's just it's just so pock. Like it's one of the like everyone's you know California love this, and you know keep your head up that. But like if you want to go like not the popular top forty pock and go into like the gritty grimy like you know it's it, this is the one for me. Yeah, you know. I would I would have gone trapped. That that's my pox. Trapped song. is early. Yeah, that's early uh, pox. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good one. So number eight, laying in. It's been said before, and this is New York State of Mind. Um, what more can I add to it? That that song was my when I got on the train to go to Manhattan. That was like always the first thing in my my headphones when I was backpacking it in the Manhattan for the day. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's a good soundtrack for it. It's in our DNA yep. over here. Langan. It really is in our DNA. A con it. Mm -hmm. it really is. Totally. I, just, I would say recommend one day if you have nothing else to do, like in a car, maybe not backpacking it. It's just get off. Ain't no it. backpacking no more, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know if you heard. Everything's in a car. Drive through. Um, drive through Queensbridge uh, with that song on. You, you'll get a feeling of it. It'll be like it's like, you know, making your own music video in your mind. Like just yeah, yeah, put, yeah. put that on, put a on. And just drive around Queensbridge. It'll take you like five minutes. Smoke a blunt. No. 
Yeah, do it, <laughs> do it in the afternoon or something. Yeah. Um, because I grew up like ten minutes from there, and like it, it's literally like. I roll my windows down in the Kia, fucking let people know. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> well, like you said, it's ingrained. In, you know, <laughs> it'll be ingrained in your mind, like just oh hell yeah, from man! From there, you know. Yeah, um, it's an anthem. All right, my number eight is so. All right, I think it's great. Shout out to my boy DJ Mugs. Okay. A lot of people ignore this album, but the second House of Pain record, mm. same, same as it ever was, has some of the best production that you could ever hear on a 90s record. It's so good. So Back from the Dead, which is the opening track, um, it's from Same as it ever was from 1994, produced by DJ Muggs. Man, it's just like doom, 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 doom. that bass line. Like that bass line with the horns, it's a fucking banger, man. It's It's... Like people love the first House Pain record and it's really good. This one in particular, I think, is is the best. Some of the lyrics obviously are like a little kind of corny sometimes, you know. Um, Making me sick like strawberry quick. That That's always the thing. Your, <laughs> your, your style is whack. You ain't the Mac, so yo step off. If I could rap to it, you got a problem. Uh, baseline. The bass. There's other bass lines that hit real hard on that record. That on running that, up on you and yeah. shit. Yep, who's the man's on there? But like, yeah. like this is just who's the man's album. on that one? Yeah, I thought the, they pegged that on the end of the first record. No, no, it's what on the, the, the end of this. I had a single yeah. of that. That's it. Uh, all right, so let's do number seven, Josh. Number seven, Dwick, Gangstar. Mm. You know, listen. Um, lying if, if I didn't say that I was completely tired of it and I probably don't ever need to hear it again, but in terms of nineties hip hop beats, yeah. yep. Yep. It doesn't go away, man. Yep. It's like herpes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not showing us anything that we're not uh, ready to see. Right <laughs> I felt like you were leading you up to seen something. anything like this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were leading up to something. I wasn't sure. Yeah, here, here's a funny thing about Dwick. So um, a couple of years ago, like Run the Jewels 4 came out and they had Ooh La La. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, Ooh, the Ooh La La song, mm-hmm. which basically had. Nice. Yeah, had Greg Nice. Yep. And also at the same time, R.A. put out his record and Golden Oldies had the same thing, like where they were just like lemonade was a popular drink. Like that was part of the hook that like him and Slug were doing. And it was just amazing to see these two records come out at the same time, completely just showing like total homage to uh fucking Dwick because it's just, man, it's fucking great. And, and I, I'll just say anything, you know, like lemonade was a popular drink and it still is. Like just, it's dumb, but like if you say it and people know, you know, uh, shout out Bruce good. Willis and all that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So number seven, Joe. Uh, one thing on Dwick, it is one of the most eminently quotable songs on the, you know, from the nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, just to give it a homage one day, maybe you, you say suave when you leave your yeah. bodega. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, number seven is, uh, always be my sunshine by Jay-Z. Oh, wow. Featuring Foxy Brown and Babyface. There's a lot of cool, like, if you're in a certain age range, you're like stuff from your, your youth uh, in here. Um, there's They're doing Rockin' It by Fearless Four, which is like, you're probably like a little kid when you heard that, or you're really young. But that's also like a sample of, of a Kraftwerk song. Um, but then Babyface sings the, the hook is a, a, a sample of Alexander O'Neill's Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And this is where I ask Sam, 
when are you going to have the Quiet Storm 90s? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll be there for it. I said you'll be you'll be hosting because <laughs> me and Lang don't know much. You and Josh could, uh, you know, yeah, talk, uh, talk, Let's talk, do it. talk some H-Town or whatever the fuck you guys are going to cover. <laughs> yeah. There was no hip hop without R&B in, uh, in Durham, no. North Carolina, man. <laughs> Um. Yeah. For me and Lang, and we were like, well, like if if we don't hear a cut with the with the hook, we don't like. As it's, soon as as soon as I hear someone singing, I'm out. I got like ten exceptions, like maybe in history. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But other than that, I want cuts. I yeah. want cuts every time. For sure. <laughs> um, Lang, number seven. Uh, I got some people may have this later on, but uh, I got Pete Rock. They reminisce. Oh yeah. You. Um, you know, it's such a great mental kind of like a for hip-hop there's a lot of hard rock and shit that i was into and stuff but this is like you know what's the word i'm looking for it's, it's fucking it's sentimental man you know yeah yeah it, it uh the lyrics work but besides the lyrics that horn that horn riff but um i looked it up tom skolt and the california dreamers oh which looked wow. like some psychedelic fucking looking 60s mamas and the pop is looking yeah. album cover or something something this is and this goes back to, I, I was just watching a documentary on sampling and stuff and of course you've got like all these old rock heads that always came out like you're just stealing someone else's fucking music and putting your name on it and it's like no like to take something that's completely not hip-hop and hear like one little phrase of it and create a piece out of like, like a three second sample is its own art in itself yep. Yeah, it ain't learning a guitar or play that. It's in its own lane. It ain't I, the same shit. I play guitar, and there's fucking seven notes on that motherfucker. Okay? There's only so much you could do. And you know what I do? Every chord structure has been written. It's already been done. I'm sampling chord. Like, I'm doing the right. same thing anyone else is doing. You're basically sure. just building upon it. Like, Joe will tell you. You know, it's like we, you put together three chords. It's like everyone has these same three fucking chords, you know, like you and some people, some people have an ear for it like that, that fucking show, that web series. I love man. Rhythm roulette. Where they oh, blind, I love it. Yo, they blindfold the, the fucking producer and he picks picks like five uh, albums like cold. And then from there, he takes them home and makes a beat out of it. It's fucking crazy. Oh, shit. Never heard of that. Really? It's amazing. Yeah. There's yeah. like there's like a hundred of them, too. Yeah. I nice. guess I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, um, please. So yeah, my numbers that, that for me, what you were talking about with the rhythm roulette, I mean, like that was my 90s, you know, like for you, maybe even to this day, to this day, you know, you're sitting around and you're strumming a guitar and then you yeah. come up with a, a riff. Yeah. Right. For me, it's sitting in a room and a guy's like, you know, got the the whatever random record on 45 where we go record shopping first and let's see what's this one. Oh, yeah. I remember this artist was sampled by Q-Tip on this one. So he gets the, you know, the, the record and he brings it home. He's listening to it. No, he's listening to it. No, he's listening to it. wait, what was that? And then I'm like, what did yeah. you just hear? And he's playing, you know, he gets the right part and, then, and he turns into a thing and then it's layered. And it's, I mean, that was my 90s right there. Like That's exactly that. I, for people to ever shit on that, I take offense to it always because it's like yeah. you're you're doing the same thing. You're just doing it's, it different. It it's, the yep, same, it's the same fucking thing. So that um, was the magic. My number seven uh, is, you know, it's impossible to ever say what the best of something is. It's impossible. Even this list, this my top 10 is just whatever. It could be in any random order. Um, but if you told me hard to earn is the greatest hip hop record of all time, it would be hard for me to argue with you. Um, I, I looked at the, the album and I said the beat that really did it for me out of, out of all of them was a deep cut that never gets any love. It's called uh, Now You're Mine. 
and uh, it's like one of the later songs, and uh, it's produced by Premier. Obviously, it came out in 1994, and it's just like, man, it, people love Code of the Streets. People love Mass Appeal. People love um, Dwick. Uh, know your mind. Uh, now, now your mind um, really fucking hits hard, man. That's my 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 pick out of that complete masterpiece of an album. So if if anyone listening isn't too familiar with that later track, I completely recommend it. So um, number six, Josh. Number six, who got the props? Black Moon. Mm. That song changed my life, man. Um, that was um, from uh, an MC standpoint, like that was, and it's funny because this is in my, uh, my, my book, audiobook, podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, I talk about this as well, where, um, that was a very pivotal time in my um, like rap career where I was like maybe like turning 16 and I like knew I wanted to be a solo artist and I was kind of still trying to like get my flow down and then who got the props hit. And I remember I would come home from school and just like sit in front of the TV watching BET trying to like record the video because I needed to hear this song. And um, Buckshot Shorty for me was like, that was it. Like, that was the first rapper I was like, he's got it. Like, I got to, like, get, you know, his voice was a little bit higher. Mine was a little bit higher. You know, I wasn't like a Big Daddy Kane, Husky Barry White voice kind of guy. I had, like, a higher kind of tone. And he, he was like that. You could tell he was young. And he just, he had it. Like, he rode the beat in a way that I was like, that's how I want to ride the beat, just like that. Later on, this is not in my book, um... I jumped on stage um, at B.B. Uh, King's with Little Brother shortly after they got signed to Atlantic. He was like, you know, calling people on stage. And I, I rhymed and I, uh, I got off, a stage, off the stage. I started to walk off the stage and Buckshot Shorty was there. And he like, you know, gave me like the biggest hug. And he was like, yo, that was crazy. I was like, Trust me when I tell you, with no you, there is no me. I swear to God. And he yeah. was like, yo, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Very but cool, that was man. like a bit, that was a big moment. So specifically that song is like, that's the, that's the Black Moon, so, you know. That's that, awesome. awesome. That, that album is it's amazing. When that and, and, and The Shining came out, those two in particular, like, I sure. mean, I, I had Tim's and Hoodchick. I had to like take it off, obviously. But like like Tim's and Hoodcheck, but then like powerful impact when that opening track hits. How many MCs? Like that's so good. Yo, enter the stage is like you want like DNA of hip hop. That's that's DNA of hip hop right there. The way that Buckshot rhymes on how many MCs. I know we're talking about beats, but like that one right there. I mean, just that like little part where he's like, "I'm just a crazy maniac, murder of a murder type." And I was like, "Ah." (laughs) <laughs> my head was like there was like blood coming out of my ears when I heard that. I was like, oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah man love that record um cool let's keep going uh number six six yeah uh okay it's uh it's victory from oh, that, uh puff that, daddy biggie that's a good one man um i i read somewhere that well i read it on the on google that jada kiss has writing credits so he probably wrote puffy's verse um, but I guess this was after Biggie had already died. And so like anything that Biggie did at that time, like in the immediate aftermath was like, I got to get this. I got to listen to it, you know, feel like he's still here. And that's the Rocky beat, right? Going the distance. Um, it's just a hype song. And, and 
I guess if he was still around, it wouldn't have had much of an impact uh, if he was still alive when that record got released. But he was it was posthumous for Biggie. Um, so, but the, it's, for me, it's the Rocky beat because it just gets so amped up, and it's like you're almost like you feel like Rocky, like I want to go, you know, hit the heavy bag, and then Buster comes in, you know, his parts all written for him. That, you know, it's just one of the that's my bad boy contribution to this list. Um, yeah, good. But it's, yeah. You know, I don't want to leave them out. That's so many good ones. So. Yo, that song. I was during a very dark time. That was 97. I was yeah. definitely towards like the end of like my drug addiction and like, you know, running away from the cops type shit. But we would hang Same. out. No. We, yeah, <laughs> we, we would hang out in Manhattan and just like kind of like a fucked up and like sit in parks and shit. And when that record came out, that song was the shit. I don't rap, but I think I could rap that Biggie's verses on that. Buy a few cars so I could fuck it. Oh, no. Kick a few kick a few flows so I could pick a few hoes. And I buy a few cars. No, I run a few like, bars so I could buy a few cars. It's just yeah. like, oh, like everything, like duct tape and destiny lays in my ways, get lays in my, oh, just unbelievable. I, I know I just ruined his verses, but like. <laughs> or the the mic, the mic, a uh, Michael. What ja- anyone Jackson Jordan yes, Tyson. That's, that's amazing. He was yeah, he was the first one to say that, and I swear I think Jay Z has said it ten times. Oh well, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this it's pro- it's it, it's probably my favorite Biggie verse, but like the actual beat is so hype. Like when it drops, like and he's like, you know, for, you know, uh, the commission. Yes, for permission to hit him. Like blah blah. Throws Black Rob in there, you know, giving him some yeah. you know, shout out to him. So in the mob ain't no yeah. replacing. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Number six. Langan. Uh, my number six, another primo track. Uh, Crooklyn Dodgers. Return of the Crooklyn Ooh. Dodgers. Great song. Um, oh, good. I love that piano loop. That uh, Young Holton Limited is the, is the name of the artist sampled on there. But it's per- another perfect incorporation of jazz and hip hop. It was on the Clockers soundtrack, right? Um, yeah, which was a great movie. I remember. So, love that movie. The Crooklyn. And, and, I think it was the wasn't it a movie called Crooklyn, or did I make there was the no, first there one? There's a couple of incarnations of the Crooklyn Dodges, and I think there's an. I don't know if it's the same exact guys, but I think there's a track for Crooklyn as well. But this one with Gay Rue, uh, Chub Rock, and OC, I think was on the Clockers soundtrack, and yeah. it worked yeah. perfectly with the film too. Like it's a. Uh, the first one i think was on crooklyn yeah the second one was on clockers yeah langan is the return of the crooklyn right that was the secret and that one was amazing too and that's a primo yeah yeah yep yep killer perfect love clockers um all right so my number six is uh off of de la soul balloon mind state listen I think we picked some stuff from for the 80s beats. I, I had a De La Soul, probably magic number. That was 89. Um, I was going to put some stuff off the stakes or De La Soul is dead. But then when I really think about it, you know, if I'm being true to like my teenage self, when I heard Balloon Mind State, that album, it's funny because it's so shunned, especially even by the group. But that was the record that I gravitated towards. So my song is I Am I Be. Oh, uh, it's just one. It's such a gorgeous piece. Is that of music. featuring Shorty Nomas? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, 
it's yeah i don't know yeah it was a girl (laughs) (laughs) um but just the piece of music in that is produced by dela and that was 1993 um and just the story you know pos tells in the beginning and it's just it's just it, you feel like you're riding like a train watching these things happen. Uh, just a great piece of music, like unbelievable. And Balloon Mind State, I love like the first four Dale Soul records a lot. But for some reason, Balloon Mind State always just stuck with me. Whether love that record too, man. Patty Duke or Ego Trip and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, cool, man. Top five. Here we go, Josh. Uh, top five. This was mentioned before. Um, Simon says Pharaoh yeah. Munch. Not only did this come out in 99, it was August of 99, oh, which, which right. very well means there's a good chance I heard it in 2000. But technically in 99, yeah. um, that beat is unbelievable. I can't say anything more uh, than, than Joe said. So, Has anyone heard the Wyclef Jean dub plate that uses that and the Kenny no. Rogers? Yes, nah. yes, yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, because that was the record after the carnival. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. uses Far- the, the Godzilla beat. Um, and he's, you know, he's doing the whole Farrell Monch thing and Kenny Rogers sings the gambler over it. It's amazing. Oh my Lord. As far as a collaboration goes, wow. you know? Yeah. That record. Uh, I love the carnival. I, if I would have remembered, I Carnival's amazing. I probably would have put something on there. I probably would have put the carnival. That was a great one, but the one after, like, I think, uh, yeah, he had, uh, they did the, the gambler. <laughs> and uh you know uh yeah that was not very good i think they also did maybe wish you were here if i remember i think the rock uh someone please call 911 was on there right with, yeah with mary j yeah um but yeah i love i love that one so shout out uh so what are we up to five uh, five five yep. um right. it's me right we're going josh then me uh this was mentioned i think by Sam in his honorable mentions. Um, it's it's Beastie Boys Pass the Mic from Check Your Head, 1992. Mm. Um, just a little background story because it was one of the first rap songs, like legit rap songs that we had heard, the guys in our neighborhood and our block on our scene that actually had a hardcore sample in there because they sampled the big takeover by the Bad Brains, oh, which is a huge deal to yeah. you know a bunch of hardcore kids in New York that like, even though the bad brains were, were from DC, like New York kind of claimed them. They like, did. Yeah. GBGBs and all that stuff. Um, so that to me was the first kind of, not the first collaboration between like rap and New York hardcore, but Beastie Boys by that time, and they started out as a New York hardcore band, but by 92, they were already off to like being mega stars and, you know, wider audience. And they just took a hardcore sample and dropped it in check uh, past the mic. And so we were like, that's amazing that we felt seen, as they say. Yeah. For sure. And, 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 you know, the thing that they did on Apple TV, another thing like perspective is interesting too, because you always feel like the Beastie Boys were always famous. And then you remember it was like that first record was really big. Then everyone panned them for Paul's Boutique. And then they kind of just like went away and then they made Check Your Head by themselves. And then they kind of mm-hmm. came back with that record where they're like, oh, I guess this is kind of cool, you know? Uh, and then pe- and then people went backwards and they're like, all right, Paul's Boutique is pretty awesome, you know? Totally. Uh, Langan number five. Let's see. My number five is The Artifacts, Wrong Side of the Tracks. Oh, uh, so good. Good one. Um, yeah, and a lot of my stuff, I love the jazzy shit. Me too. Especially that era. But um, 
it was produced by a guy named T Ray. Uh, it's got like three main elements. Uh, Grover Washington which does the, is the baseline. Ninth Creation, which is like a soul funk group, I believe, from the seventies. That's the melody. And Jack Bruce must be a solo record. Jack, I assume it's Jack Bruce from Cream or something. But that, that horn hook is from that. And you take all those diverse things and, and you make this piece. And uh, it's amazing. It's a, I love that whole first Artifacts record. Well, the, the, both records of this were great, but uh, so, too. But and, and later on, like Tame One, Tame One is a fucking beast. Like yeah. he is very underappreciated. He made a record with Cage under Leak Brothers. Later on, he went to mm-hmm. Eastern Conference and did a lot of stuff with them. Uh, but he was just a beast. He made a record with uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapien Parallel Universe, yep. which I feel like a lot of people slept on. Um, man, killer, killer shit right there. And these guys filled a cool, unique lane too, because people would mention tagging, you know, and graffiti and shit like that. But like these guys, that was their whole, <laughs> yeah, whole fucking hook of the, the band was that stuff. So. Uh, and it was used great. And um, I remember really appreciating how great it was hearing it. Kids, they used it in kids, uh, the scene at a party, just at the baseline, instrumental of it. And uh, mm-hmm. that's a good manic use of it. That, that's my five. Um, my number five is Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory, um, Bugging Out. I think mm-hmm. Bugging Out, like, you know, it, it was really hard. It was really hard to pick something um, from this record because when you think of like production, we did a whole episode on Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. When you think of production, like you hear excursions. I don't rap again, but I hear excursions like. Like unbelievable, unbelievable. You hear it, you're like back in the days when I was a t- yo. You just like crazy. You hear check the rhyme. You're like goddamn. You hear fucking like just everything oh. on this is unfucking real. Their but- production's so tight that we've just mentioned low end theory. We haven't even talked about Midnight Marauders, which has like ten other cuts I could put on this list. Oh yeah, you know? or, or it travels in rhythm. The first yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. it's, awesome. it's amazing. And I tell yeah, you, it, I mean, I I knew somewhat, but but watching the Michael Rappaport documentary, how right. I had no idea how involved Tip was with the the tracks. I didn't know, like at the time. Mm-hmm. I just assumed the DJ or whatever, um, that's who handles that shit. But when you when he showed the scene with his record collection, when I, I knew he was involved, but I had no idea like his ear was so responsible for, for most of it. Well, yeah, for, for me, I, I needed to remember going back then. And when I first heard bugging out as mm-hmm. a rock, as a rock fan, it felt like a rock song to me. Yeah. And then like once like it kicks into that hi hat, like that rap, it's just so fucking good, man. Bugging out's my number five. So, uh, Josh, number four, number four. I don't remember if somebody brought this up or not, but to me, if there is a quintessential 90s hip-hop beat, it is this one, Time's Up by O.C. Yeah. I, uh, I mentioned that. Yeah, Joe yeah. Did. I thought you. I thought yeah. you did. I thought you did. It's like, uh, Great that's beat. the one, man. Yeah. It, just, it could play forever. Like, I listened to it today when I was just kind of going over my list, and I was like, this is still good, man. He he never really got um, he never, yeah. the credit he deserved. But, it, you know, that, I mean, that song in particular, if you really listen to his, like, his lyrics, He's fucking good, man. And and the Slick Rick little sample, 
mm-hmm. the end of his verses. Limited hard rock scoops. So I'm sure Rick appreciated that. <laughs> He's part of a classic, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's a good one. Every now and then, especially in the last like five years, I put on "Times Up," um, the whole album because it's just. Uh, I feel like sometimes it's an album uh, that's forgotten in time by a lot of people. So yeah. you know, give it some light. Uh, number four is that where we're up there, Joe? Four, yeah. Um, we're going to the Bronx. Uh, Showbiz and AG. Go Yankees. Party Groove. <laughs> oh yeah. Nineteen ninety-two. Oh yeah. It never goes away either. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just like the Slick Rick uh, sample, what really makes this beat is the Kid Capri line drop about the bend and stretch. You know. Keep it going, do the bend and stretch. It just, you know, that wasn't that makes you want to dance. Like you know, it's a it's a party joint, and um, you know, that's like they're probably that and Soul Clap are probably their big like you know signature songs. Yep. Um, but Kid Capri just makes that track for 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 uh, Party Groove. That's that's my uh oh, yeah. number four. Yeah. yeah, legendary Kid Capri for sure. I love man. Yeah, he was killing it. Every like, anytime I think of like Def Comedy Jam, it's like I think Kid Capri for sure. Um, number four. Why do I forget the count every time I look at people playing it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this isn't going to be on anyone else's list, but I love it. Uh, two, two live Jews. It's so human. <laughs> Fuck, you got it. Oh, um, it's so human. Yeah. Uh, G Depp's head over wheels. Um, wow. Yeah, it, I got it. Solid. Yeah, I, I had heard this first on a. Uh, I had a primo mix CD, uh, New York Reality Check. I can't remember who put it out. Uh, he had this track on it, and it it it's just got such a laid back cut. It's a it's it's a sample of a uh, of a guy named Tom Brown, Charisma, and the G Depp version cuts it out before the horns really come and stuff. But this song has been like redone. A couple of people use it. Drew, your old Drew had it on a record. I think it was called Head Over Wheels Part Two or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Where he he liberally used more of the horns on it stuff behind it. And I think and even the the uh, the Biggie album, the one that they came out with after he died, the duet, fucking whatever. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Um, the track with him and Jodeci, and that's using some old mixed uh, Biggie rap. But um, they take this and use it again. So this, yeah, this guy, yeah, he had like one record I think he put out like, when he signed the bad boy. I can't remember his old. I know he caught a case and he's in jail to like 2025 or some shit. I think he shot someone in Queens or something. But I don't know. Yeah, the second I, I heard this song, it just it, it hooked me and stuff. And when I hear it pop up, people still using it. It's like, oh, I feel like he hears some, a segment like this. He might want to do the show. So shout out to him when he gets out. If you're listening, you know, 2025, I'm sure it means a lot to you that I said that (laughs) the the white guy in the Cancun (laughs) T-shirt. All right. My number four was already mentioned, but cream. Um, There was a lot of songs you could pick off of 36 Chambers. But what I realized from making this list, the songs that really hit me were the ones with the really booming bass lines or the ones with like really cool like piano lines sinister type things uh you hear that piano lick and you it just it's forever like that's it like we heard it in 93 and we're like din 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 like fucking yeah. gone that's it it's it, yep. you know for sure 
Um, and the two verses, I mean, Ray's verse was great, but uh, Inspected Deck, like, this is, like, where people were like, okay, this is the guy. Like, his fucking verse on this is the shit. Um, but, yeah, man, it's all it's all about that, that piano lick, man. RZA, when you really think of RZA's production for, like, geez, I mean, he had the game locked the fuck down for about five years of just like pure like he everything he was putting out was like wow this guy yeah. crazy so even uh, that is most minimalistic shit he'll say yeah. you know? uh here we go top three josh number three top three i don't i feel like i heard this one in someone else's list but i don't remember um come clean J. Rue the damager no, Did someone no, else say that. No one, no Not one yet. yet. I'm very excited. It's no coming. One said my it's, number one, by it's, the way. It's, it's, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> that beat was mind blowing in terms of like yeah. what it was. I mean, when it came out, it, it didn't sound like, I mean, though it sounded like Primo, it didn't sound like anything else. It was like, what is that? Like, you know, water. I think it was actually a sample. People said that he like sampled water falling on a pipe or something, which I think ultimately was not true. But um, yeah, I mean that that beat was just unbelievable. J. Rue, another uh, very slept on artist. His his first album was pretty aw- amazing. Awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Nice. Right. I'm glad I snuck one in. Good. Uh, number three, Joe. Uh, Josh, that come clean was also on my on the outside looking in list. So glad yeah. somebody picked it. Yeah. Um, and as a drummer, um, I would just I would just say that that the the, the that that beat is just so off putting. Yeah. 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 You know, it's yeah. hard to nod your head or get a rhythm to it, but then you know, Jiro just comes in and just like but that's calms how, it all down. That's how the opening track off of that debut record was, which is um the original. Like when you hear that piano beat, oh. it was, <laughs> yeah, it was just like it was almost like somebody punched the piano. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, it, it made no sense. But like for for someone yeah. like me that loved like you know Sonic Youth at the time, I'm like, this sure. is cool. <laughs> number three uh top three okay we're gonna go back to rizza um it's release show delph by method man to wow, cal nice. 1994 That's a good one um gotta get your share of wu-tang contributions in there um it sounds like you know it could be from a rocky movie but yes. that's actually a herb yep. albert sound uh sample of this song called treasure of san miguel and if you go back to check it out on youtube it's pretty much the same hook that's playing it's looped um, for the song and then of course the um the wu-tang vocalist which i later found out her name was blue raspberry yeah, um, yeah. she did all the names the, the the guest vocals for uh singing spots uh yeah. does the the gloria gainer i will survive with like the profanity it's mm-hmm. it's so good yeah. you know but the beat is you know it's just so you you may you also <laughs> want to hit the heavy bag with that you know okay. it, 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 it is it, it is very rocky yeah yeah uh laying number i met blue raspberry once Oh really? Was she? I swear to God, was she, she, I think she moved to North Carolina. <laughs> Just, did she look like a blue raspberry? <laughs> a little bit. I think she. Um, I think she was like studying. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think she was studying uh, baby mamaism. I think. That's oh, okay. Good, 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 good. She got her master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what she ultimately became. But yeah, she definitely like moved to North Carolina for sure. I met her in a record store that I used to work in. That's well, when cool. you when you put together your comeback EP, you can get her on the hook. So. 
Not after calling her a professional baby's mom. I think I just, <laughs> I just killed that. She's definitely gonna hear this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, shoot for the moon. She got a BM degree. <laughs> <laughs> Playing at number three. Um, I was saying before how we hadn't mentioned Tribe from any other albums, but I got that three electric relax. Um, man, just it, this. This is another one totally. Not a minimalist sample, but Ronnie Foster's Mystic Brew. It's pretty much the track as is, but like what they what they do to it's the most laid back flow. It's again, it's Tribe doing what I like Tribe. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just laid back. That's my three. You know, one thing that I didn't mention, but um, when I I remember when I first got a a big stereo like. Uh, like uh i was like maybe like 14 or 15 you know when you get like that big one mm-hmm. you yeah you get like you're like all right and the one record we would always play to test out the speakers was um uh midnight marauders and the song was always stir it up mm-hmm. i fucking love stir it up yeah queens in the house represent represent uh so my number three is a group a duo that probably has like the best hip-hop discography you know four albums in and out man um eric b and rockham know the ledge Mm. this is a fucking beat like that beat is like fucking perfect the drums um just everything about it the cuts on it like this is when i look at my top three the three songs that I feel strongly about that are like, these are my favorite beats of the nineties. Like no question four through 10 interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Know the ledge. Absolutely. Uh, definitely belongs there because it's just, you hear that bass and uh, it's, it's just fucking fantastic. And Eric, me and Rakim, like those four albums, like they came in, they did their thing and then they fucking left. But like, wow, this is off of don't sweat the technique as well as the mm-hmm. juice soundtrack. Sure. But man, don't sweat the technique. Like, you know, if you want to talk about jazz stuff on there, absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic. So uh top two, man. Here we go. Josh, number two. Uh definitely heard this one. Uh they reminisce over you, Pete Rock. Uh again, that's a beat that just doesn't go away when you think of nineties hip hop. You can't not think of that beat. That beat was just classic of all classics. And um the the lyrics though, that's not part of the show. The lyrics on that were great too, you know. Um, I think the, the song was about Heavy D's dancer who like fell off a building. Yeah, T Roy, <laughs> Trouble T Roy. Yeah. yeah, it's like that, y'all. He does say Trouble T Roy. Never, never knew that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dedicated to the one and only, never be another. He wasn't my brother. Right. Yeah. Trouble T Roy. Just like that, y'all. We had a kind of a morbid joke on the block that uh, after that happened, like, like, is it is it now going to be Heavy D and the boy? Because, uh, <laughs> but you know, but Eddie F was also a boy, so they still I, it was still plural. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, Joe. Oh, sorry. Oh no, number two. That was great. Number two, uh, the funky feel one by Cypress Hill. I, I know you oh. guys mentioned uh, how I could just kill a man. Yeah. And that gets all the play now, and and the retroactive love, and so does. Uh, hand on the pump um but this was this is just a great song it's got you know 
James Brown beat or the GBs, um, just doing that head nodding like beat. It's also DJ Muggs, right? Um, yep. And then what I like about this song is that there's two beats really is because they they slow it down and they do like a snap thing and then they break into a different kind yes. of beat. Yeah. And and you know they Good they point. change they change doom, their style. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah. And then doom. the drum. Oh, yeah. Listen to the drum beat on that on the break. Um, it's like a meters beat. And it's like so off. It's like the beginning of Come Clean. And, you know, uh, that's like Send Dog, right? That's rapping over that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That part. Yeah. And yep. it's just like, it just brings it together because the beat's like, what are they doing here? It's kind of it's kind of wonky. Like, it's glitching. Right. And, but then if you listen to it long enough, it's like, that's dope. And then they break into back into the James Brown part. That's the most of the song. And it's like, you know, it, it, it it's one of the, my favorite song on the Cypress Hill record. Um, yeah, I I it's I love them. That, that's just one record. That actually, I remember getting that twelve inch was was how I could just kill a man and funky feel one was the twelve inch oh, shit. Man. And I was just like, this is this is some different it, shit. It was different. It was definitely <laughs> yeah. kind of like I just remember watching uh, because that yeah that was a single. There was a few singles that dropped and it was just like it was just different, man. And and mm-hmm. uh, it arguably they probably never topped that first album because it was so good. Was. But uh, you know, you watch them live, they're a fucking great live fucking Black band. Sunday was good. Yeah. Black Sunday was good, but yeah, when you when you know when you make appetite for destruction on your first go around, what do you do afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Well, also training day drops uh rap superstar in it also. So you've got the still oh, DRE yeah. and, and rap superstar, mm. and you're like, this is so LA, you know, like making so me want to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm, I want to watch that movie and I want to watch Juice tonight. Oh, yeah. Juice yeah. is a classic, man. Um, no, what are we at? Two, Langan? Yeah. Two. Uh, my number two is from the group Home album, uh, song Suspended in Time. Again, Primo. Um, there's a lot of good shit on it. This record, I think, you know, I love Gangstar, obviously, as we all do and stuff like that. But man, Primo did some of his best work on this group Home record. Which was so crazy because those guys were not the best rappers. Yeah, <laughs> Malachi no. the Nutcracker, that dude is like I don't even know who put yeah. him on. Who Mal- put that guy on? <laughs> well, Seriously, they, he talked so uh, Malachi. It's funny you said Malachi. I don't. <laughs> I, I didn't know he was Italian. That's what I was afraid But so so in premieres. Um, so what's up? Web series that he was doing where he was breaking down his beats on YouTube. Yeah, very cool. So yep. he talked about um, the making of that album and how um, I guess uh, the Nutcrack, right? The Nutcracker is that the, the yeah. Nutcrack? Malachi, yeah, Malachi and yeah. Hey, uh, little, little Dap. Dap. So, so Dap was little, the little Dap wasn't bad. No, little Dap will blow your mind. Dap was the <laughs> rapper and Malachi was not. So they were just like, well, you're a du-. like he breaks it down like as to how right. that group came about. And he kind of explains it, that Malachi didn't even want to be a part of it because he wasn't a rapper. So like, you know, it, they it, just it, needed another voice on there. Yeah, I, needed, like, I guess the high pitch. No, yeah. The high pitch but yeah. Yeah. Besides him, like he's, he's got like the goofiest, some of the goofy shit he says in this song. But uh, <laughs> the track itself is is uh, it, it literally samples the. Uh, and a lot of people, the incredible bongo band. If you never heard the incredible bongo band record, like you top the bottom, it's like James, it's like listening to a James Brown record back then. Like, Oh my God, they use that. They use that. They, oh yeah. Everybody yeah. looped the shit. And the track was called pipeline. But, um, and, and the cuts, the cuts Primo does with the, 
Das effects, the improvement in the ruck is no doubt. The way he cuts, like, I mean, I remember, like, when I used to spin, I have those DJ rectangle records with, like, like a tone on it or something that you could cut. And, like, that was, like, easy for me because I wasn't that good and shit. But wait, when a guy can, like, take a phrase, a lyric, and yeah. just and cut, drop it by word and let the words go the way he wants, like, is on another level. And I, he's I one of the it. best, maybe I, the best. I love it. Um, so, all right. My number two is from one of the greatest hip hop records of all time. Um, when I think of this album, I think of just pure jazz. Well, I think of like, uh, just really cool New York vibe and it's rebirth of slip, uh, rebirth of slick. Cool. Like that diggable planets. Um, I mean, goddamn, I like, this was our shit growing up like this and the Porter's head record were like mind altering, like just crazy, like we were just, we could not get enough of of this reaching album. Um, just, just the 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 everything on this record, but in particular, um, the cool like that fucking you know the horns and stuff like that. It was just it was it was perfect. Great. Video. Who did the production on that record? Uh so Butterfly did. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like yeah, uh, the the you know, there's three MCs. There was Butterfly. I didn't know if there was anyone else involved with that. I mean, you know, it's always funny when you start looking at credits because like people are like, hey, man, I, I helped make that beat. You know, like everyone's kind of like like as time goes on, they're like Butterfly to do that whole shit, you know. But right. uh, uh, according to to the Internet, Butterfly did uh, the whole record. And uh, I think he did a really good job on this. So Digable Planets, the rebirth of Slick. Uh, and that's it. I know me and Langan have the same number one. So let's do number one, Josh. God. All right. Well, I'm sad because uh, it just got blown. I was hoping I could get through the whole thing without anyone saying the song. But this is um, without question in real life. Aside from this podcast, electric relaxation. Absolute, Say it. That's it. Yeah. Electric relaxation. That's my absolute favorite hip hop beat of all time. Yeah. I wore a Trap Call Quest shirt today. I, I we also okay. saw. We also saw how excited you got when he named it. So yeah, yeah. it's kind <laughs> of a it? giveaway. Dead it, it giveaway. Was like a, well, they couldn't see it at home. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> they couldn't hear my arms going up. But no, that is um, without question. It, it's just my favorite beat. Yeah. Like it, 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 it never gets old to me. I actually have a good um story in the podcast. Which, by the way, I did not plan on doing this at all but um, it, it doesn't matter be, it, do, it doesn't matter because that's the beauty of it and i think it's yeah, a really, right I, th I think it's a really good story and i think a lot of people like i said i didn't know you i didn't know your story it was still right. like fascinating enough to listen to and be like i don't know who this person is i didn't know who what's his name was but this is right. still fucking great i appreciate that but uh the short version is that um we, as a way, we were backstage at Lollapalooza in 94. I think in the podcast, I said 93 and then later realized it was 94. But we were backstage, my old rap partner at the time and I. And as a way to make conversation with Fife Dog, he was like, I got to just follow me. And then he went up to him. He's like, hey, what's up, Fife, man? Um, Can I ask you something? And I was like, what is he going to say right now? And he's like, hey, uh the fuck do y'all be saying in the course of electric relaxation <laughs> i was like that That's, was your icebreaker <laughs> i mean it's a pretty good icebreaker to be honest <laughs> yeah. yeah what's the answer before, uh, <laughs> relax yourself girl please settle down <laughs> that's perfect i mean why not that's a great the internet that, 
that's like me going to like uh i would ask you know rem's michael stipe and be like yo and the sidewinder sleeps tonight what the fuck are you saying in the chorus you know like yeah. i think they would appreciate it so sure he even find it funny he was like dead serious he was like relax yourself girl please settle down now get the fuck away from me uh, no he was cool that was we were like all right man thanks and like that was the whole thing we didn't get uh, signed to a record deal that day. Are but, you brown? Uh, was, are, you, maybe, are, you, are you brown, Puerto Rican, or Haitian? No, yeah. fuck out of here. Maybe he gets that. Like, really, he gets asked that every day, and we didn't. Yeah. Know. Right, right. It's yeah. like God, this again anymore? But you know, yeah. uh, yes, I dr- I drank a lot. I drink a lot of soda. Yes, is that the yeah, question? Call me Doctor Pepper. Yes, I really like Doctor Pepper. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but I. This was the only one that I knew. Um, was going to be on the list and going to be number one. That's so. how that's how we feel about our number one. Because I already know. That's I don't it. have to ask him. So, uh, Joe, give your number one. We've said it multiple times, probably to we each have, other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, Sam, it's in the side one of sleep side. It's call me when you try to wake her. Oh, that's- okay. Call me, <laughs> call me try to wake. Uh, call me yeah, try. yeah. It doesn't sound like it, but yeah, yeah. No, I, wake I her or wake CD. her up. Wake her. This is wake her because I had the CD with the lyrics feed. So. Mm. But, um, all right, my number one is it is these guys have been mentioned before, but not, not it's not they reminisce over you. Um, it's Pete Rock and CL Smooth, the creator. Oh, that's nice um, one. That's where Good I got one. my start. Uh, I bought the all sold out EP on cassette. Um, we were we were in college. Like a lot of my rap, my early rap, uh, early nineties rap. Um, exposure you know just going and trying anything at the same goodies or whatever um came uh when i was like a freshman and sophomore in college and we would buy something and trade it let me borrow this and you know i'll lend you that and so also that i i I bought it because for the creator and um it was on you know hot 97 kiss fm here in new york and uh i just like the beat and then you're like that's pete rock doing the rhymes right it's not see smooth because you know he's he's like every man he's like superman in this thing he does the beat he does the rhymes and i i i don't i don't know i think i read somewhere that grand poobah from brand nubian wrote that for him um mm. did the ghost writing i regret yeah. not having any brand nubian on me this too. me too me too i had yeah slow down was yeah, yeah all was for close. one is yeah all for i one had a couple good. i had a couple of Puba solo ones too yeah, I, yeah. I, I i like it on the 2000s you know, opening also, um, uh, ultra, ultra mag. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ultra mag. I forgot critical beat down. But, um, but, um, yeah. So the creator, so everyone went to reminisce and I went, I went the creator, which is, you know, I mean, they, their moment of the sun as a, as a group was top notch, you know, they were, yeah, they were one of the best in the early nineties and, um, shots to Pete rock. He's still doing it. Yep. Yeah, you know? for sure. He's on Instagram, uh, spreading, uh, he's a good follow. Theories. Isn't he? <laughs> He's an interesting Banana. follow. Isn't he, Bananas. isn't he riffing with uh, fuck Master Flex over like yes. calling him a gatekeeper, gatekeeper and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. A lot. Yeah, Flex, Flex has a lot of smoke with uh, basically anyone who wants smoke with him. Like, I feel like we we can call out Flex right now and 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 uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Hoyos. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> I run this. Boom. <laughs> Drop the bomb. Red something podcast. Really? <laughs> Drop that bomb. Um, Langan. So me and Langan both have what? J. Rue comes. J. Rue the damage. Yeah. I'm clean. Uh, I'll oh, say my nice. piece on it. You say your piece. And then 
it's 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 the most it's the definition of underground New York hip hop to me or underground hip hop. It sounds like it's re- actually recorded underground. Like that's <laughs> that, that sound of that drip. Yeah. I thought it was a drip too for the longest, but uh, in looking it up, it's a, it's a sample from someone named Shelly Man. The track's called Infinity. And I believe it's an xylophone. I think the guy's playing and stuff. But again, same thing. Little phrase, little piece of it. You know what I mean? And he just makes magic with it, as always. Yeah. And this, and then J. Ru, this whole J. Ru album, again, just like the group Home album, it's some of the best primos, the most amazing shit. So Can't good. stop the profit and all that shit. So good. Bangs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've always said, we said, come clean is the best hip hop beat ever yeah <laughs> i mean and, it was my it was my number three in both your top ones so yeah i've got to say something that's pretty good odds you know it's, i wrote it down at the top of the page and then i were figuring out the rest of this shit right you know i mean yeah i mean it was really that's why i really feel strongly about know the ledge uh and rebirth of slick like those like these are the three where i'm like 100 you you if you wanted something in a time capsule from 90s hip-hop these are the three things I would put in there, but come clean was just like next level. Once again, I don't rap, but I know all the verses. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, he'd sure. rather, he'd rather bust the nut than bust the cap in your back. Um, when, when this single first came out, like there was a cassette I remember. And then people were handing out stickers back when stickers mattered, <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I put a sticker on this guitar amp that I had and it was like me and my friend Brian. We would look at the sticker and we're like, "J. Rue the Damaja." Like, <laughs> Everyone used to say that. Yeah, like, Dem- it's Dem- actually very popular. A lot of people said the Damaja. Damaja, and yeah. then we're like, "Nah, it's Damaja," and we're like, "Oh shit!" And then we heard "Come Clean," <laughs> and it was just a rap, man. Then we got you know "Sunrises in the East" and like that the original. Like there's some just crazy shit on that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking great. So listen, that's it, man. You know, we we we, we said covered, it all. We said it all. We covered a <laughs> lot of ground. Um, and that's it, man. I, I don't know, Josh. Did you want to tell your story on on how you met your your DJ? Um, oh no, was that the story? How I met no, I know him from elementary school. That wasn't the story. I got a better story, but you gotta turn the recording off. Okay, hold on. <laughs> it, it's about guys. <laughs> guys, this has been our show. Okay, subscribe to our Patreon and you can hear this story. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for recording. Ready? <laughs> <laughs>